Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A word of warning. This podcast contains discussions that some listeners may find distressing or triggering. Please use your discretion. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Reclaim Me. Thank you for joining me for part two of my discussion with Tambury Harris. If you haven't already listened to part one, please go back and listen to that first. Otherwise, this part of the chat won't make too much sense. But for now, let's get straight back into part two. But what I will reflect on as well, like through your experience, I think it's interesting in a way, I think, I guess, because it's not your fault as well. And I think that's something that I wanted to say because regardless of you know, your childhood and everything like that, these are people who still chose and made active decisions to hurt you, Mm. to disregard you, to come into your life and be abusive towards you. And I think that's something that also needs to be called out. What's it been like for you navigating that space and trying to pull apart those two different things? You know, it's interesting. I found out that the person who sexually abused me as a child had been sexually abused himself. And that, it, it brought me a little more compassion around it. Um, but that too, not doing your work, you know? Um, sometimes I've heard a phrase that says, if pain is not transformed, it's transmitted. And it's like he did not do his healing work and he ended up in, I, I, I don't completely understand how that happens because I've never, you know, felt a need to hurt someone out of my own pain. But, but I often will hear that that is the case that a lot of times if you have been abused, you will be an abuser. And I don't really know all of my first husband's story as far as what led him to be so incredibly abusive, except for the, the always needing to be dominating. Um, but with my second husband, he, he had a painful story. He had a painful childhood and growing up. And, and so I had a heart and compassion for him. And I think that's why I kind of forgave him for some of the ways he would act out because I, I knew that he had so much woundedness inside, but that does not give him a right to take it out on me. And 
you know, and, and or our daughter. And so I think that's again why it's so important. And so yeah, you don't you do you did not bring it on. You have every right to have a voice. And you know, kind of what you were saying earlier about the piece of you know nobody should have just expectations of you as their wife. We we do not you know you you make promises and commitments that that is not to be a verbal or physical punching bag. That does not mean that. You know, you're there, but, you know, I, my first husband would say, you know, you're my wife. And so therefore, you know, I can have sex with you whenever I want. Um, so I'm just like this instrument, you know, to be utilized. And no, no. And um, again, with my second husband, you know, just, you know, having such intensity inside of him and would lash out toward us. And I found myself always walking on eggshells. Um, because of the volatility and but that doesn't yeah nothing that I did deserved to be treated like that and so yeah I think it's so important for people to hear that it absolutely they did not do anything to bring it on and and again that's such a cultural piece because I think that you know culture wants to silence and shame the victims for whatever reason sometimes I wonder if it's because they can like put us in a box so they don't think it'll happen to them you know, okay, well, she must have done something. And so therefore it won't happen to me. And uh, I think, you know, I'm sure you know a lot of the statistics, but I mean, there's so many of us that have been in domestically violent or intimate partner violent situations as well as sexual abuse. And so there's so many of us that it's happened to, we should, we should feel um, a kindredness that gives us the power and the strength to say, this is not okay, you know, and um, yeah, really bring some additional understanding to it. And I will say as well that being the victim of abuse doesn't mean that you're going to become an abuser, but that could be a could be a factor maybe potentially for some people. But you're exactly right. And I think, you know, we've all navigated this trauma space in very different ways. Like I said before, it might be through addiction. It might be through many different other factors. But nothing gives you the right to mistreat another human being. And I don't care what that is. I don't, I don't care. You know, the same thing that they've said so many times with potentially why serial murderers have become that they've got that common theme of childhood abuse Mm -hmm. in their path, but you still got your biopsychosocial and sadly for some people, theirs is not genetically, sociologically, ecologically, um, and physiologically, that all of these things that are coming together in the, their life, uh, maybe the odds are stacked against them. But mm. you still got a personality and choices and and a brain that you can lean towards one thing or the other in a situation. You can have a conversation with somebody and choose to step back because you're feeling like you're going to get angry because these people know that being abusive is wrong. They just don't care. And I think that's the thing as well. Like we need to make sure that we hold people to account. And I think one of the things that I find so interesting when I speak to people about domestic abuse specifically that I found really common in that theme is that a lot of people, and I think it comes down to coercive control as well. I think a lot of abusers tend to almost show vulnerability in a way in order to elicit that parent control by saying, oh, well, I'm only acting like this because, and then they elicit an empathy response from you. 
So, and I'm not saying that that is the case all the time. That very well may be something that's going on for them. I just feel frustrated sometimes when I think when I hear like these societal norms around how we discuss abusers, because like you just said, you know, you've been through a really tough time. You've, you've had a lot happen to you and you've had a lot of trauma to navigate, yet you've never, ever had an inkling to try and hurt somebody else. Because, and that's not even because you have to think about it. It's not a natural choice for you to make that. But at the same time, you could choose to lash out. You could choose to belittle people. You could choose to do a lot of different things. You choose to be a good person because you naturally are but also you know that you don't want to break the law or break somebody down or hurt somebody else as well. Like that, those are choices. You know, and, and I don't know if this feeds into what you're saying, but I think one of the other things they, um, sometimes when you, when you feel anger and you don't feel like you can push it outward, you'll take it inward. And that's the definition of depression often is that you're, you're put, putting, you're kind of suppressing that, that pain and you're taking it into yourself. And, and that's not fair either. And so I think so many people who have experienced abuse, you know, they, they can find themselves in a depressed state because they're just sucking it in, sucking the pain in. And so instead trying to release it in healthy ways is, is what it's all about. And I think um, you were talking about all the different factors that come in. And I think about as a person, you know, all the different parts that, that make up who you are. So the physical, you know, emotional, spiritual, mental, all those pieces, you know, trying to do healthy things for each part of you to move into that, that healed self. Um, and so, and that was something that was really important to me when I was, doing my, my therapy work was to do what they call somatic healing so that you really honor your body and listen to your body and, um, and allow that, that whole part of you to, because I think a lot of um, survivors, we cut ourselves off from our head, head up and we just operate in our heads and we don't even acknowledge, you know, what we truly feel. And so really being able to embrace your whole self is just such an important healing step um, so that you don't become the last or outer <laughs> and you also don't, you know, punish yourself internally either. Absolutely. And it's just trying these things, isn't it? It's having mm-hmm. like discussions and it's meeting people and it's actively going to different types of therapy and figuring out different things. And I like that at the beginning, how you said like your light moment. I remember I was listening to a physio- physiology. That's what my degree is in anatomy and physiology. <laughs> I was listening to this physiology podcast the other day. And for some reason, it never occurred to me. I think sometimes there you already are aware of different things. And I think these are the things that are light bulb moments for me. Just to sidetrack, I remember like one of the most profound moments in my like learning journey at university. I was in a GI tract lecture and they were talking about why fiber is good for your digestive system. And I was like, yeah, I've always known and been taught that fiber is good for digestion, but why? And they were like, because you can't digest it because it, it, it makes it easier for your intestines to be able to push it down. I was like, light bulb moment. Now I'm obsessed with the GI tract. <laughs> 
when it comes to like your body as well, I remember personally, I had just had this, this moment where it was just like, okay, breathing in increases your heart rate, breathing out decreases your heart rate. And that's why so much yoga and practices like that are focused on breathing out and letting things go. And I started to really do that a lot more. And you can feel like your chest almost letting these things go. And it's just such an incredible feeling, isn't it? When you find something that works for you and resonates with you and connects with you. And you have that kind of moment where you feel the weight of the world lifting off your shoulders a little bit. You know, I love you going to the breath place, um, back in back to physiology and you always hear, you know, like the phrase, well, just take a breath, you know, like kind of calm down, take a breath. Um, and even, and when I, and when I was talking about a panic attack, I was breathless. And, and so I've always, like you said, kind of known that, but, for the past five years, it's really expanded my understanding of it. I mean, it is everywhere. Like you said, in yoga, it's about connecting to breath. Meditation is about connecting to breath and, and, and just trying to allow yourself to pause, allow yourself to, you know, um, and, and the other thing we talk about sometimes is, you know, we, we do this constricted breathing. So it's almost like we're denying ourselves the ability to do a full breath, get, you know, belly breath to truly get all of yourself kind of full with that life-giving source. Um, and so I just, I think that it's an important practice that can be something that you do for a variety of different, different reasons. And it's so easy. I, um, I was in a really tough situation the other week and uh, somebody was having basically had a panic attack, attack around me. And I just learned this technique and it ended up being beautiful for him where I said, okay, just take your hand and breathe in and then breathe out. And it's almost like getting the mental connection to your hand and then causing yourself to breathe in and out and it calms him down. And then he could think clearly again. And so I just think that, you know, really, like you said, finding those different practices that kind of open you up and and help you just um, kind of expand into into new spaces is really important. Yeah, I love that. I think it's connecting mind and body. And I've always been maybe somebody that felt like it was a little bit airy-fairy, you know, like connecting mind and body. Ooh, like that's... I understand that. I would think of it like that. But I think when... I think for me, those, it's just the language that's used. And I, I think that's what it comes down to when you're discussing these things and talking about those impacts. You know, for me, that mind-body connection literally came down to a physiology talk because it, it, it's all based on that, you know what I mean? So it's the exact same thing and it's not to poo-hoo anything else, but what resonates with you is so important. And that's why I love having these discussions because there's been so many people who've connected with me from all over the world who have been like, I have now explored EMDR. Um, I have now done this type of thing. And you're just like, this is so wonderful that we're having this discussion because it's providing some people potentially with different options. One of them potentially just being sitting down and breathing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's interesting. And again, I was a psych major, so I had my master's in psychology. So I had a, a sense of it for everybody else but not for me. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> when I'm going through therapy, we talked about family systems. And I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but it talks about um, the different parts of you. And so again, when you first hear it, you're going, 
different parts. I, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, multi with uh, multi personality or whatever, but there are different parts of you. And so understanding that, you know, when you're little, you might get, I just, I'll speak for myself, I developed an overprotective part because nobody else was protecting me. And so, and until I do something about it, that overprotector part is going to keep coming in and keep running the show. And that's where that, you know, try to control and, and have as much as I can in control around me, the doer piece we were talking about before. So that was a big part of me to work. And then another part of me was the little girl part that was never seen, never cared for. And so finally helping her feel cared for and seen. And so, and, and so I think that it's important for people to know that that is a beautiful way to kind of really take care of those those pieces and parts of you that were really wounded early on that, that need, if you don't, you, they need attention at some point. And so going ahead and then, and then you were talking about the body piece and so the somatic healing, which was again, a word that I was not familiar with. Um, I think it's a more current um, language, but uh, anyway, yeah, there's just so many different modalities that you can use to try and bring that, that healing. Absolutely. And I think that's the other thing is like, so many people say, go to therapy. And it's like, yeah, go to therapy. Like therapy isn't the only thing though. There's so many different types of therapy. There's so many different types of therapies. There are so many different things that you can do. And I think that's it. There's so many, like we're so lucky in this world and this lifetime, we were just speaking before we started that, you know, going back to dial up internet and, you know, trying to download music and things like that. Like we're in this world now where pretty much any, everything is on Google, you know, and you can go onto Google, onto YouTube for free and explore different options for you as well. Like if you don't know what EMDR is, hop on there, have a look at it, see what you can find. I'm sure that they would have an example that you could go through meditation, mindfulness, they've got free things everywhere. You know, there's, there's so much opportunity before you even financially make a contribution to some, somebody's business or get financially involved with somebody or go and try and make a one-on-one connection. You can go and do things and explore that in a way, in the safety of your own home, in the privacy of your own room, where nobody has to know that you're sitting there looking at EMDR therapy. I think that's also a very viable option. You don't have to go deep diving in. Because I think when we talk about exploring therapies, it sounds so overwhelming and costly, mm-hmm. especially in America, right? Because you don't have that subsidized in any way. You have to pay for that fully out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're lucky. <laughs> Some, not all, but some things are subsidized um, in Australia, which makes it a little bit easier. Well, you know, and one thing I'd love to bridge with what you're saying is that that was when when I opened up, I talked about the organization that I started and wanting to provide support for people who have experienced trauma and abuse. And so one of the things that we do is um, on the website, we have these blogs that the first of the month is talking about a concept. And then the second, the 15th of the month, the second log is uh, more of a practice uh, for practices. And so on those blogs, I'll, I'll actually talk a little bit about the, you know, what somatic healing is or the, the family systems therapy and what that means. And 
I even have some links and I'm thinking what I was going to say was I don't know when this episode will be posted, but if it's in April, I'm going to have more on the my April blog about this. But last April as well in 2021, I had links to how to find a good therapist, the questions to ask, the different kinds of therapy. And so um, although I love your encouragement around go out and be curious and get out there, there's plenty of information. We also try and provide some of that on our website to be encouragers of, you know, there are these terms you've never heard of, because once you start getting exposed to them, they just become, you just kind of throw them around. But if you're just now learning about it, it might be confusing. And so, you know, giving some examples of, you know, what's, you want me to breathe? I breathe every day. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> like in breathing exercises, different ways to go about it. So anyway, um, I wanted to just, I agree with you. There's so many ways to learn, learn and begin to practice. And that is one of the things and all of that's free, what I just described, because again, just trying to help support people as they're seeking to take steps in their healing journey. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Absolutely. And that's where I was going with my connection because I would really yeah. love for you to talk about how did you go about setting up this business and how did the thought come to you that this is what you wanted to create? And and same thing with your book, like how did that all come together for you? Great questions. Um, so it was, it was four and a half years ago, the hashtag me Too movement got started. And, you know, at the time, I don't know what all the, you know, everything that was happening. 
um, in Australia. But for us, I mean, we had the U.S. Olympic gymnasts coming out and, and sharing and, and just the atrocities that, that surrounded that. And we talked about all the cultural stigma and things that, that surround this topic. And so, you know, these, these girls slash women are coming out saying this happened to me and they've been doing it for years and they kept getting pushed to the side. And so you had that, that group of women finding their voice and you had, um, you know, a lot of actresses and, and people who have, you know, high, uh, high visibility coming out and talking. And I was just, um, my heart was so proud of them because it's so hard to come out. It's easier, I think, four years later, but it's still hard. And it was hard for me to come out to my friends around what, what I was learning about myself. And um, so my heart was so proud of them. And I had this little bit of fearful place around, you know, is there going to be some backlash? Because you're just like with me, you know, why are you coming out now? You know, it happened so many years ago. What, you know, those kind of things. But there was also this underlying unrest in me. And I didn't know what that was. And I talked about the fact that I, I do I do meditation. I do um, kind of morning devotion type things. For two months, I sat in that place of what's this about? You know, what's what's the stir in me? And it finally came to me that I thought, okay, these brave souls are raising their hand and saying me too. But when the hands go back down, then what? You know, do they go back into that stuck place or do they move into a new chapter of life? And so I had at this point really done a lot of my own personal work around the limiting beliefs. And I had seen how my limiting beliefs of you are not worthy. Another one was stay small, have no voice, be quiet. So all of these limiting beliefs led me into these unhealthy patterns and again, marrying abusers. Um, And so I was like, you know, I just really felt like I had kind of gotten on the other side of some of this. And so if if my story could be encouraging to others, I wanted to put it out there. It's one of those, you know, once you've kind of gotten to the other side, you just you want to help others. And I told you, I've always had this helping part from itty bitty, but I just really felt that sense. And so I, um, I started offering uh, workshops because, again, I'm, I also am a retreat leader and I teach a course on how to lead retreats. And so, I mean, I've gotten that in my skill set as well. And so I started trying to offer um, retreats to encourage people to do some of this, this healing work where you begin to really understand and see the limiting beliefs for what they are and, and do some of the unpacking and then actually claiming your going forward story. So that was the retreat. I had gone out and advertised that a lot of different places had no response. Well, very, very, very little response. And I think it's because of all the shaming. Um, nobody wanted to come out to a retreat where they might be seen in or in the building that, you know, they know people know that's what's happening. So anyway, because I had gotten on people's radar, I started being asked to speak. So I'm starting to, to talk. And then my church actually had this thing about, I can't remember exactly what the phraseology was, but it was basically sharing your story and, you know, kind of really talking about how you've moved and and how you've overcome and that kind of thing. 
well, now it's getting close, right? Now I'm into my, you know, really close network. And so um, I, at that point, I decided, I, like, I really felt like I needed to do that. And then I thought, started thinking about, okay, but who, who will this impact? And I think as survivors, we often go there. Okay, if I start sharing my voice and my story, who might this hurt? Who might this impact? And so the two people that I was worried about, one was my daughter. Um, she did not know my story. I had not told her. And she was, she had just turned 18. And she is, she's a very feisty one. And so I was a little worried when I came, came out to her that she'd be like, why haven't you told me? We've been keeping a secret from me. But she wasn't. She wasn't. She was just, her heart hurt for me. And um, it just kind of opened up a, a new level of, and I told her, I said, you're now an adult. So came out to my daughter and then coming out to my mom because implicitly she's part of my story. I mean, she's one of the ones that didn't see me, yeah. you know? And so anyway, so talk to both of them. It took my mom a while to get okay. Um, and I honored that. I, I, and, and to your point earlier about us not taking on other people's stuff, I didn't feel any responsibility around it. I think she's on her own journey. She can, you know, get there when she gets there. Now she has gotten there and our relationship is so much better now that we've had this conversation, but all that to say, um, there's a whole lot to your point. There's a whole lot happening behind the scenes <laughs> when this kind of thing happens. And so I'm out telling my story um, and I'm, I'm holding a retreat that not many people are attending. And then someone asked me to co-author a book. And he said, because he had written a book before, a little bit about his journey, but he wanted to talk more about, and I had helped him create workshops and retreats around that. So he asked me to join him in writing this book. And I, I, I really thought about that a while because I wanted to make sure it was the right thing. And I thought, you know, how beautiful to have a male voice and a female voice around the same topic, talking about our wounding and our journey and encouraging others. So I thought this could be really good. So I wrote my part. <laughs> Ended up having other things that, and and um, and so it ended up just being my book, and I think that was best. I think that's what it was meant to be. I really feel like he gave me the courage. I don't know that I would have had the audacity to put out <laughs> a book. You know, <laughs> look at you taking up space. I, I love it. Right? Like, what? <laughs> um, well, again, yeah. Okay, the little girl who's going to stay small and have no voice. And now we got it out in a book, right? <laughs> so um, what So what I did was I kind of married the two pieces. So the first half of the book is my story um, in even more detail. And as I'm telling my story, I'm inviting the reader in with me because I want them to be on my journey and, and there could be learning. So when I say things like, you know, my family never discussed death. We never did any kind of healing of, of trauma. How did your family work through trauma? How did your family have conversations and process? Did they, you know, and if so, how? So beginning to get the reader to start thinking about, hmm, what were those early dynamics that started playing themselves out? Um, and, then, and then the second half is about 
um, helping the reader begin to examine the main character of their story, which would be them. And we look at it from a third person perspective so that you can see it a little more objectively. Because when you start saying, you know, Tampere prepared for her interview with, I mean, you know, it, it makes you look at it versus how I did this. And so it's really helpful for people to kind of begin to look almost into their story and begin capturing and understanding the main character, understanding the limiting beliefs and unpacking them, transforming them. Like I talked about before, going from unworthy to worthy and claiming those new beliefs and then writing out your going forward story. Um, and so that was the retreat. That's what I do in the retreat. Um, but instead, I've also put it in a book so that anyone can, you know, access this um, retreat and and this 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 growing. And and some people, you know, maybe they want to just have the privacy of it being in their own home, in their space, with their puddle blanket and their coffee, or um, or maybe they want to take time and you know. I'm going to do a couple pages and then I'm going to sit on it for a little while. And I have someone who um, we've become friends and, and she'll say, you know, I just did exercise 23 and, and, and she'll talk about, you know, kind of some of the openings that happened for her and, um, and she's, she's taking it slow and she needs to. And I think that's beautiful. So, um, so the book was really an interesting evolution around where the organization was going, where I was going, what I was being asked to do. And, and just at the end of the day made so much sense, but it wasn't me being really smart way back there. It was, it was, it just kind of happened and um, ended up being just a beautiful resource. And one of the things that ended up happening was people started saying, you know, this could be neat for a small group to do. And, and so I thought, you know, if, if you have that trust, um, amongst yourselves and a similar desire to grow, that could be really beautiful. Um, but then I also wanted to make sure that people did it in a way that created very safe grounding space. And so wove, um, you know, all my psychology and coaching and spiritual direction and retreat stuff and created what I call it, my group growth guide so that if a group does want to, they know how to, first of all, come together and have some agreements around how are we going to honor each other. And then I ask questions that, you know, you can, you can talk at a higher level and you don't have to bring in the specifics of what you journaled about when you're going through the book. And so I even had someone, um, do you guys have Alcoholics Anonymous over in Australia? We would have something like that, but yeah, I, I do know what that is. Yeah. 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 12-step so, program. 12-step program. Yeah. yeah. And someone told me that they knew of some women from a 12-step who were in a 12-step program who were doing the work together and had bought the guide book to help a lot. Wow. And so, um, because I'm sorry, a lot of times, well, you said it before, we, we end up finding coping mechanisms because of the woundedness. And so a lot of times, when you're going through these programs, you need to get to some of that root stuff. And so it can be a resource. So anyway, a lot of things have just kind of kind of opened themselves up in, in ways that I, I, I tend to be strategic, but some of this stuff just kind of evolved. <laughs> I love that. I love that you said that as well, because so many people have, you know, connected with me even on the podcast and it's just like, Hey, I started this on like the floor of my mom's lounge room. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's just getting the wheels spinning, but 
you know, I find it so inspiring the way that you're, you've got this ability to, to piece things together and Mm -hmm. to make them work. And, you know, you're right when you say that you've got these really, really unique skill sets that you've really brought together into something that will immerse a reader in being something that they can actively participate in as well. And I think that that's just such a wonderful way to connect people with starting this journey and people with connecting with other people and, you know, showing up for themselves and starting to find their own agency. I think that's just you've done such a wonderful job and I'm, I'm so thankful to have met you and spoken to you. Mm-hmm. I find you incredibly inspiring. You've made my day. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> it's just, I feel like, you know, when you get in your chest a little bit and you feel like, ee, like excited. Mm-hmm. Love that. I love your energy and your work <laughs> and your just advocacy for this work. How can people get in contact with you? How can they buy your book? How can they support you as well? Thank you so much. So the website is survivors2thrivers.com. So it's plural, survivors to thrivers And so you know you can go out there and see what we have to offer. Um, I'm Tambry, T-A-M-B-R-Y, and I'm Tambry at survivors2thrivers.com. So it's pretty easy to find me. And would love for you to for you to contact me. Um, I will say that it, um, April is Sexual Abuse Awareness Month. And so um, to honor and support that, um, my book will be 25% off on Amazon. And so it's, it's Awakening the Light, a going forward Survivors to Thrivers story, or Survivors to Thrivers going forward story. But if you just do Awakening the Light and Tambry Harris, you'll get it. Um, and so I would encourage you to take advantage of that discount. And, um, you know, if you know, if you're listening and you have a survivor in your life, I've been told the book is helpful also for people who want to better understand what it's like to work through the layers. And so it's also a resource in that way. Um, would also love for um, your audience to tap into our um, Instagram and Facebook posts, because again, they're daily encouragement. And I I'll sometimes talk about breathing and how, how you might go about doing that. Or I'll just talk about embracing, you know, embracing nature or what, whatever different things to feed your spirit and encourage you. So my Instagram is survivors to thrivers and the Facebook is survivors to thrivers official. Somebody else already had survivors to thrivers. Had to official. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, when they take it. That's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, we'd just love for you all and and how to support. um, If this mission touches your heart, um, you know, it would be great to have some support. um, Trying it costs to do all the um, the blogging and to get the Instagram and Facebook. So, donations to support that, or donations to support people who made your point about you know not being able to um, you know afford this kind of thing. If if you have want to support individuals who might not be able to afford it themselves. Again, there is a donation button on the website. So thank you for asking. Absolutely. And even just sharing and resharing a post and helping somebody's social media platforms grow. Um, If you can't financially contribute, that's still such a wonderful way to support. Um, But thank you so much for coming on. I will put all of the links to all of those wonderful things in the show notes for this episode. And 
when the episode goes live, I will tag you in those things on Facebook and on Instagram as well. So it'll be very easy for all of our listeners to find. Um, but thank you so much, Tambri, for coming on and sharing your story and and really sharing this wonderful resource and resources, sorry, I should say, that you've created. Um, I think you, it's truly inspiring to see you, yeah, really going from survivor to thriver. And I hope everybody knows that they can too. You, you can do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. It's been beautiful. It has, hasn't it? I've really enjoyed our chat. Um, I actually forgot. I have one more question. Um, oh, sure. I always end on what would be a piece of advice that you would have for somebody who's navigating this space now? I'm going to go back to the belief that I'm claiming of you are worthy. You are worthy of healing. You're worthy of the time investment because it does take time. Um, and a lot of times we can let other things get in our way. And, and so making yourself and your healing a priority and, and finding others to help support you along that, that journey is really important. Thank you so much, Tambri Harris, for coming on. This is Reclaim Me signing out. This content may have been distressing or triggering for some listeners, in Australia, for national crisis support, please contact Lifeline on 131114. For more resources, please see the show notes for this episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.